0: Thanks for listening to this teaching from City of Life Church. Check out www.col.tv for more great teachings, service times, and information on upcoming events. Now, let's join the service already in progress. God's moving. God's moving. Hey man, I want you to look at five or six people around you, touch them on the shoulder real quick, and say, I feel the presence of God in this place today. If you're talking to people online, type it in the chat. Tell somebody who you are. Introduce yourself through the chat. Tell them where you're watching from. Even if you're watching it as a replay, there's nobody there. Just do it. Somebody will probably see it down the road and they'll appreciate that. Amen. Well, we got revival going in our church, homecoming revival, as a matter of fact. And uh, I love what the Lord is doing here. And, And one of the things that's really cool is our guest speakers for homecoming revival are phenomenal, and over the next couple of weeks, you're going to start to see some people coming through here that are some of my favorite preachers on the planet. We've got Pastor Kyle Turner from Kingdom City Church in... Kansas City. It was formerly Hillsong Church, but now Kingdom City Church. He and his wife, Liz, pastor one of the most amazing churches in that part of the country. We've got Pastor Marcus Meekum that's going to be preaching here. He's from Seven Hills Church uh, in Kentucky. Amazing, incredible church, huge church doing amazing things for God. Uh, he's going to be here, uh, date pastors David and Nicole Binion, their daughter Gracie, who sings with Israel and uh, Maverick City, all these different people. They're going to be here uh, administering and music. It's going to be phenomenal. Pastor Bill Cornelius, who pastors uh, a phenomenal, he and his wife Jessica pastor, pastor an awesome church in a Corpus Christi. It's ultimate. No, it's, uh, Oh, they changed it. They changed the name. It's a great church, though. Uh, it, it's amazing. And I'm missing somebody. Uh, no, uh, Noah Heron is going to be here. Am I missing someone else? Noah Heron It's going to be hot fire and I love the fact that we are not having just a conference like one week with all these different speakers like packed in a weekend where you come and you get blown away then you go home and you don't think about it no more we're stretching it out and every week you're going to get to hear somebody that is totally phenomenal so who loves what God is doing in our church clap your hands if you do I I do too I'm excited about it I'm believing for miracles signs and wonders is there anyone here that needs a miracle in your body today? Raise your hand if you need a physical miracle. Physical. Okay, look, keep your hand up. Let's just take a moment here in this atmosphere to pray for miracles. Here's one thing that I want you to do. When you get a miracle, I want you to tell somebody. And I want you to tell us. Let us know so we can celebrate. I'm, I want to be celebrating what God is doing, believing, coming with expectations for healings, cancer, sickness, disease, whatever you got going on that you need healed from. We got an incredible report this week, someone who thought they had cancer, Uh, It was was actually kind of convinced that they were, went in, got a report. The report said no, no cancer in your body whatsoever, so I'm celebrating that today. I believe we're going to continue to see amazing reports. So with your hands up, uh, let's join our faith together right now to pray for these people. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you for your healing power. We thank you, God, that we don't have to labor asking you to do something good for us, that it is your pleasure to do something good for us, Lord. You've given us the power, the authority, the ability, the victory. Uh, Lord, Isaiah 53 and 5 teaches us, you were wounded for our transgressions, bruised for our iniquities, the chastisement of our peace was upon you you and with your stripes, we are healed. We declare healing over every person in this room, mental, emotional healing, healing from addictions, healing from diseases and sicknesses of all types, cancer must bow its knee, any uh, sickness in body, people that have problems with their stomach, their back, their joints, pain, sciatic nerves, headaches, migraines, all those things have to go right now in Jesus' name. We declare healing, healing right now in the name of Jesus in this room and we agree on it. Right now, in Jesus' name, and everybody said, amen. Give God a praise, church, come on. All right, well, look at that timer, four minutes and 44 seconds. I've got four minutes and 44 seconds to preach this message, but uh, I'm going to try to keep it pretty much on time, Uh, and and I'll just do what I can, because I think during this season where God is doing the things that he is doing... um, I just want to rock with it and flow with it. You may be wondering what I'm doing. I didn't put a scripture on here that I want to read. So I'm finding it. There we go. Uh, that's not it. And, oh, no, it's, it's, there we go. Judges chapter 6. And that is it. So I'm going to be reading out of Judges chapter 6. And I just want to read this little part, the first part to verse 6. It says, The Israelites did evil in the sight of the Lord, in the eyes of the Lord for seven years, he gave them into the hands of the Midianites. So when you do evil and you do wrong, sometimes God will give you into the hands of the enemy to teach you a lesson. Okay, so look at someone next to you. Say, some of the time when I was asking God to get me out of a bad situation, he may have put me in that situation to learn something. And that's what he does. He does that. He'll, he'll, he'll just say, okay. Now, he doesn't stick you in the situation. He'll let you go down the road that you've already chosen. And if you don't want his help and you don't want to listen, you don't want to watch the signs and, and mind his word and listen to what he said, he'll go, look, I'm not going to make you do this. I'm going to let you realize that there are consequences for your actions and your behaviors. And Israel was doing what was wrong in the sight of the Lord. And we go on to find out later in this passage that that. They were worshipping sex. They were worshipping false gods. They were worshipping a lifestyle that was not holy. All these things that had got them off track from being God's holy people, God said, I'm going to let you suffer now. Because you chose to disregard. And I'm going to tell you something, church. When we listen to the Bible and we listen to what God has to say about sin and what is right and what is wrong, it is our responsibility to make sure that we obey. And we keep our lives holy and submitted to God. It's no one else's fault. When we stand before God, other people are not going to be responsible for what we did. We can try to point the finger. And we can try to blame leaders or blame churches or blame the body of Christ or blame someone that hurt our feelings a long time ago. But we and we alone are accountable to God when we stand before Him. And He said, did you obey or not? That's really important. In the same way, Israel's got itself into a mess. And it says... The, gover, the power of Midian was so oppressive that the Israelites prepared shelters for themselves in mountain clefts, caves, my God, and strongholds. This is Israel who prided themselves on having their own land, on the fact that God had, had, had got them out of captivity, had blessed them in abundant ways. And now this amazing, proud people, they're living in holes and they're running from this oppressive enemy. It says they camped on the land and ruined Israel's crops. All the way to Gaza did not spare a living thing for Israel. Neither sheep, nor cattle, nor donkey. They came up with their livestock and their tents and swarms of locusts. It was impossible to count them or their camels, the Midianites. They invaded the land to ravage it. Midian so impoverished the Israelites that they cried out to the Lord for help. Here's the question I have for you. And I guess you could kind of call this like, what happens before revival? Unfortunately, I have eight things. And I've got 58 seconds to say eight things. So I'm, there's no way I'm going to get to this thing. But the thing number one it would, be, it would be, what is it going to take for you to cry out to the Lord? What is it going to take for me to cry out to the Lord? What is crying out? It means help. I can't do this. I can't solve this. I can't think my way out of this. I can't strategize. my. I can't buy my way out of this. When Pastor Justin is talking about either or when it comes to money, it's such an important thing because generosity is not only a holy thing that helps enable other people to do things, and it shows our good character, but also generosity is giving away power. Because money is the power to buy your way out of situations. So when you give away, what you're essentially saying is, I'm giving some resource that could help me fix my situation, and I'm learning to trust, to simply trust God. So what is it going to take in our life for us to actually cry out to God from that place of desperation? Now, that song that we sang there, Joy, you know, fun to bounce around to and all this stuff. I like that song. I think I wrote that song 13 or 14 years ago. But you don't know how that song saved me and my wife. Uh, it, It wasn't the way you think. We had our daughter Zoe, and we were in the hospital, and they found out something about her health on the spot that not only was it disturbing, it's the worst thing that I had ever heard in my entire life. Like, it was going to, we think your daughter has this particular thing, and and we're almost certain that she does, and if she does, I didn't even know what it was. I had to look it up, and I didn't even, I wasn't even aware of what it was, but it would she wouldn't even be able to walk, wouldn't be able to do these normal things. And they said, we're we got to go check her and make sure, but we think that's what it is. And they leave me and name in the room by herself, just the two of us. We're in this hospital room with my baby daughter that just gets taken away. And we're just sitting there looking at each other, devastated. I wish that my first response was, well, they're absolutely wrong and blah, blah, blah. I just didn't quite know exactly what to do. So we grabbed hands with each other. And all I could think of was to put that song on. And so I put that song on, Joy. And it's kind of this jam. You know, it's, it's not really like this. This is like a little more moody version. The other one is like more kind of fun. And it's those lyrics. It's not that everything is all perfect. Still I'm happy. And I'm learn- learning how to keep my head up when everything is going down. You've abandoned all my sadness, took my heaviness and gave me gladness. Now I'm dancing when everything is going down. Joy, let it rise like a flood. Let it rush like a hurricane of pure love. Joy, let it rain till we soak. Let it pour because I want the world to know about you, Joy. And in that moment, Amy and I started feeling something well up in us. And we knew that we were going to be okay. Not just simply because the doctor was going to give us the answer. That we were looking for. But we knew we were going to be okay. Because we cried out to God in that moment. It's something that humbled me beyond my wildest dreams. I, I, was, I couldn't pay someone. I couldn't fix it. I couldn't have a conversation with someone. And finesse my way into a result. No, none of my mental faculties could help me. Or my intellectual prowess. I couldn't, I couldn't do anything. So what did I do? I cried out to God. One of the lowest moments that I was ever in, and I cried out to God. But what's it going to take for me to cry out to him again? Do I have to get that low? Or can I make a decision today? God, I cry out for you. I cry out for you during my success. I, I cry out for you when there's a harvest. Not even during a famine. Maybe in a season of my life where there's a harvest and things are good. Do you really want to wait till it's all taken away before you cry out to God? Or do you want to thank Him on the mountaintop for what He's done for you already? Do you want to thank Him in a great season of your life and celebrate Him? And you know what? If God's given you higher ground, get as low as you can get on that ground. If I'm on a mountaintop, I want to be as low as I can possibly be. Because that's what Israel did. They cried out to Him. Will you cry out today? It says in Judges 6, Israel was greatly impoverished because of the Midianites. I don't know what's been coming against you, but whatever it is, has greatly impoverished you. It means that they've robbed you of your wealth. They've robbed you of your prosperity and your soul, your prosperity in your relationships, your prosperity in the things of God. I think that when it comes to revival in our church, I think that people have let, whether it's the pandemic or whatever. A lot of people have let things keep them away from the house of God. Keep them from fellowshipping together. Problems that they've seen in churches and things like that. Keep them from wanting to corporately come together and assemble together to worship and to to get that encouragement that we can only get from being in the same room as other people. But when are we going to just stop all that and cry out to God? See, revival comes when we hit rock bottom and figure out That what we've been settling for in our life is this mixture of God and other things. And God will not let revival happen if we hold on to both. See, in the case of Gideon, as we will see later, who knows when we'll ever preach that part because it's just way down the road. But he goes and tears down the altars of Baal. And, and, and he, he, basically he says, what our problem is that we've been worshiping the wrong God. Guys, we can't live immoral lives and expect the Holy Spirit to move here in the way that he needs to move where our communities are transformed. We have to stand up for what we know is right and live out of a place of purity. Guys, we have to know God personally. Personally. Not know about him know him you know I I know a lot about certain athletes that I don't know like for instance anybody ever heard of Emmett Smith raise your hand if you've never heard of Emmett Smith okay don't raise it too high though because that's kind of (laughs) humiliating Emmett Smith is the greatest running back in the history of the NFL he went to Escambia High School uh, up in the panhandle And he made the terribly unfortunate decision of attending the University of Florida at the Gators, where he was a great running back there for a few years. But the redemptive aspect of Emmett is that he was drafted by the Dallas Cowboys. Yes, exactly. In 1990, we... By the way, I got to give some props to the Giants fans right here, okay? The Giants... Let's not overdo it, okay? I mean... I'm trying to be humble here. It, it's like Giants, the Eagles, and the Redskins are—they all won, and the Cowboys are the only t- team in the NFL that didn't score a touchdown. So apparently, I didn't pray hard enough last week. <laughs> uh, we need some help. But anyway, so so Emmitt goes to the Cowboys. He becomes the greatest running back in the history of the NFL, the number one all-time rusher in the history of the league. I know all kinds of stuff about this guy. I'm fascinated by Emmett Smith. As a matter of fact, when I was 19 years old and I was living in Dallas, I used to sing jingles for huge things on the radio, like uh, Texas Lottery, Coors Light, National Commercials, Disney, all kinds of stuff. But I was at this place called the Studios at Las Colinas, and I was doing a jingle for the Dallas Stars NHL hockey team. I think for like 20 years, they did a campaign called It's a Cold War. Every time they scored a goal uh, for the Dallas Stars, it would be my voice that goes, it's a cold war. I mean, that's crazy, but it, they would, when, when, the, when the thing would light up, I would see it on TV all the time. It's a cold war. So anyways, I'm doing this whole little campaign for the radio stuff, and there's some stuff that's like kind of R&B that this uh, producer, Stephen Arnold, had hired me to do, and I'm in this huge studio singing, and I've got my headphones on, and I'm just kind of going off, and the producer goes, dude, you need to come out here right now. I go, well, hold on. I said, can I just get that last take one more time? I said, I'm just kind of of in my zone. He goes, just get out here, bro. He goes, there's somebody here that's like watching you. And I'm like, okay. So I come out and Emmett Smith is in the control room of of the thing and he's wearing a full Dallas Cowboys uh, uniform. Like like his his shoulder pads, I almost die. I almost pass out. I am just literally, I almost, I, I start crying. Like, I'm just like, it's insane. And I'm like, what are you doing? I was like, why are you here? He's like, yo, man. He's like, I'm filming an Oscar Mayer commercial. Uh, he, like, he, he's filming an Oscar, and he was on a break, and he went by, and they had the door open to the studio. He's like, I love music. He's like, I'm going to be real with you, dude. I thought you was black. He's like, I, I, I can't believe. He's like, he's like I, I, thought, I, I can't believe you can sing like that. I was like, yo, man. I was like, I cannot believe this. And, and so I, I was like, will you sign some uh, autographs for my kids? He goes, what are their names? I was like, they're not born yet, but I'm gonna, I want three. <laughs> I want three of them. Just give me three. I still have them. Like this is like generic. So it was really cool. So I know all kinds of stuff about Emmett. I've met Emmett. But I'd be a liar if I told you I know Emmett Smith. Right? It's not fair to say I know Emmett Smith. In the same way, there's a lot of people that know about God. Who cares? Who cares if you know about God? Do you know him? How do you get to know him? How do you spend time? Let me tell you something. You can't learn how to pray by reading a book. You can't learn to pray by hearing somebody talk about prayer. The only way you will ever learn how to pray is to get by yourself, on your knees, on your face, in your room, and start saying, God, I need you. God, I love you. God, I can't live a moment without your presence. Move in my life. Move in my family. I don't even know what I'm saying right now. I don't know how to do this. But will you help me? How do you think you become a good worshiper? Worshiping. You do it. At first, It doesn't. It's not, you're not good at it. You feel awkward. It's like people when they come in church and they lift their hands for the first time. Isn't that great? Don't you love watching people lift their hands for the first time? There's so many different moves you can do. You ever notice that? Like you got some people that kind of do the... It's like they're waiting for you to put a plate on their hand or something. And some people are just like, they just, they just do this right here. I don't know, what they're just pointing at something. Some people it's kind of like this one. I like the people that are just like... Just go for it. It's like the surrender, the surrender thing. You know, but how do you get good at it? By just doing it? Doing it more and more and more. And we have a responsibility to cry out to God. If we want revival, we gotta cry out to God. Guys, don't think of yourself. Finally, we're having revival. They chose to sing longer. Been waiting for this for 14 years. This is this answer is just to sing longer in church. No, no, no. Revival is inevitable when the church goes home. And they stop binging all day on Netflix and Hulu or whatever it is, or their phones are consuming content all the time. And they push pause on everything. And they set some time aside. You don't need to put on worship music. You don't need to put on a worship track. Create one. Get by yourself in the presence of God. Just for five minutes. And you watch what happens. Five minutes. You're like, but I have to have Z88.3. No, wait, hold on. You don't have to have anything. You don't have to have anything. You need a, you need a voice. You need a heart. You need some hand. You need something. If, if, whatever you got, use it. In that moment, to get in the presence of God and worship him. And I'm telling you. This is, this is the homework this week for everyone in this place. Five minutes. Put your hand out like that. Five. Look at it. That's how many? That's five. Five. Hopefully, you got five. Five, five, Five. Five, five. five, five minutes. That's what we want. Five, this week, at least five minutes this week in the presence of God. No music, nothing else. Just by yourself, you and your hands lifted up in the air, worshiping, saying, Jesus, I worship you, I praise you. Who can make that commitment, that five minute, who, who will raise their hands and make that commitment? Don't lie in church, because God sees you And he will, you'll get in trouble. You'll get a ticket on the way home. That's what he's going to do to you. That guy that waits at your corner, he'll burn you. He will burn you. And it's like $286 right around there. I'm just guessing. I've never had one, but I've heard from other people. (laughs) That's about the price. Okay, so so one more time. Who's going to do five minutes this week? Okay, five minutes. At least five minutes in the, but five minutes just in the, revival's inevitable. You can't stop a revival. When people start crying out, this sounds crazy, but just stand up right now and let's cry out to God. This sounds nuts. But I don't care, but but we're just going to cry out. And what do you, you say? What do you mean? I mean, say, God, I need you. Let's just shout out right now. Say, God, I need you. Cry out to the Lord. Say, Lord, Jesus, I need you in my life. Help me. Shout it out. If you're uncomfortable with it, that's OK. We're going to take 20 seconds and just cry out to God. God, I need you in my life. Help me. Don't whisper it. Don't talk it. Shout it. Cry to him today. Jesus, help me. Help my situation. Lord, we want your presence. We want your glory. We cry out for a move in our city. Move in Kissimmee, St. Cloud, Orlando, at City of Life Church. Holy Spirit, let your presence be upon us. Come on, one more time. Cry out. Cry out for it. Amen. Man, golly. Who feels the presence of God here today? Come on, he's here today. Come on, sit down for one second. Psalm 120 says, In my distress I cried unto the Lord. And he heard me. I cried to the Lord. And he heard me. He's going to hear your cry." If you're crying out for God in desperation, sick of that old church, that's just going through the motions. Come on, that's a way of thinking. It's not just a church, it's in us. No matter what church we go through, we go through the motions. If we don't learn how to cry out to God, I don't care what kind of church I'm in, I'll cry out to God because it's coming from my heart. Now, if I'm in a church where they don't lift their hands very high, this is is the way I am. I always want to make sure that I'm at the highest level, at whatever level of participation someone else is that is participating. If I'm in a church that's like a real quiet church, but there's like one lady over at the side that's got her hands up like this and no one else has lifted their hands I'm going to lift my hand up as high as that lady. I'm not going to lift it higher because I ain't going to try to make a scene in front of their church. You know what I'm saying? I ain't going to be like, oh, yeah, well, we speak in tongues. I ain't going to be like that. No, don't do that. I'm going to lift my hands as high as the person that's lifting them the highest that is participating and not drawing attention to themselves. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to praise God. No matter, I'm going to figure out a way to cry out to God. I'm not going to go through the motions when I go to church. Because if I'm there and I've taken my time and I could be sleeping in or going to the beach or watching football or whatever. If I've taken the time and devoted my life to going to a place, I want to get the most out of it that God has for me. So I'm going to go as an active participant who's ready to cry out to God. But you've got to learn how to get sick of the pig pit. Did he just say I'm in a pit? Yeah. Yeah. Because that's what the prodigal was in. The prodigal left home. And he got his inheritance. He thought, man, imagine if I got all this money. Imagine if I got all this money and I went out and spent it on cool clothes. Get a a call girl. Maybe she'll become my girlfriend. I get, you know, the nicest stuff money can buy. I'm just going to go see what it's like. So he goes and has everything. He spends it all. To the, and he distances him and alienates himself from his own father who loves him in a distant land. And finally, once he's spent all this money, he finds himself working for someone, feeding pigs. And he's so hungry and impoverished that he looks at the food they're eating and says, man, that looks good. Man, if you start wanting pig food, you're in a bad situation. I remember one time when I was a kid, I kind of wondered what dog food tasted like, but it was just a thought. I mean, I didn't, eat, I didn't do it. Like This guy's considering actually eating this stuff. So what does he do? I love this in the story. It says, when he finally came to his senses. Come to your senses. If you're living in a life... It's not honoring God. You're cheating on your spouse or partying or getting drunk or doing drugs or living a life that the Bible doesn't call holy. Whatever it is that you're doing that's away from God and not in His presence, you're in the pig pen. And and any of us can get there just like that. But what do we do? We don't live there, we don't stay there. We don't say, "I I wonder what it actually tastes like. No, He comes to His senses. And he says in, in Luke 15, 17, When he came to himself, he said, How many hired servants of my fathers, of my father, a father have bread enough and to spare? And I perish with hunger. I will arise and go to my father and say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee. I love that he's smart enough to realize that it wasn't just a problem with his dad that first he sinned against God. So so he spiritually realized his problem was with God first. Then he apologized to the person. He got sick of his situation and he fixed it. I just pray today that you cry out to God. Cry out to God from whatever point you're in your your life where you need your life to get shaken up for the better. You say, oh, well, this, this doesn't apply to me. Things are going great for me. I've never had more success in my life. Oh, buddy, you need this. If if that's the case, that you really, really need this. Because those are the times where you can get the most confused. Because the worst mistake that we make is thinking that actual, tangible, trackable success means spiritual success. Sometimes the biggest deception in the world is the success that God will let us have to lead us down to a path where everything falls apart. We come back to Him to begin with. Where we should have been in the first place. So, man, we need this today. We need to humble ourselves. We need to cry out to God. Well, that's point number one. And we'll do point number two next week. And as I'm sure it's going to be great. Uh, but I know that today, God wants to do something in your life. And he loves you and he cares for you. You're here for a reason. He, he, he wanted to speak encouragement to you today for a reason. I believe there's some people in your life that need the hope that's in you. I don't just believe it, I know it. That's the point of church. It's us getting filled up and encouraged and going out and being a light to the world. But I know that God is moving right now. I know that his spirit is doing something brand new. We've got a lot here today. Uh, you know, Joy is here today. Everything that we need, we had some great time in worship, had some time in the word here. I believe God wants to call something deeper out of us. He wants to draw something deeper out of us, a deeper, deeper level of commitment to Him that is beyond just giving or volunteerism, things like that, but a devotion, a hard devotion to Him, a knowing Him like you've never experienced before. I'm going to challenge some people this week to spend five minutes in the presence of God. Somebody say five minutes. Put, up, put your hand up in front of you just like that. Look at your fingers. Five. One, two, three, four, five. Five. Five minutes. Presence of God. Just set a timer, put it in a different room. Don't even look at your. Don't even look at your phone. Here's what's going to happen. You'll you'll go to. You'll say, I need to find a Bible scripture, and then someone's going to text you, or you're going to get on Instagram, or you're going to get on an app, and you'll start reading the commentaries. Don't even do that. Read the Bible. Set yourself aside for five minutes. Just lift your hands up. Get down on your knees. Spend time in the presence of God. Say, God, move in my life. Move in my church moving homecoming revival let me invite someone that comes next week I want to see a move of God in my city I want the world to know about your joy I'm hungry I'm desperate I can't live without your presence teach me how to breathe just get in his presence just cry out if if you can't do anything else cry out to him for five minutes cry out Jesus Jesus I want more of you I need more of you help me Lord be with me Holy Spirit you say I'm not very good at that that's okay He's not looking for perfection. He's looking for some authenticity for some people that are really willing to cry out to Him who really don't know how. It's the most beautiful sound to Him is people that genuinely are crying out to Him. So spend time in His presence this week. And for those that are here today that maybe do not know the Lord, I want to give you an opportunity right now. Everyone standing, but could you all bow your heads? If, If you're here today and you need Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, you need Jesus to come into your heart and forgive you for your sins, I'm going to ask all of you in this room. Or maybe you've turned away from God and you're living a life that's unacceptable to God. Simply turn from the things of God. You need to repent today and come back to God. When I count to three, I'm going to ask you to lift your hands. One. One. Hands up all over the room, if that's you. Hands up all over the room. Hands going up all over this room. Every single section. Dozens and dozens of people. Amen. 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 People online, lifting your hands. Type that in the chat. Say, I need Jesus. Let's pray this prayer together. I ask you, Lord, to forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Change me from the inside out. I cry out to you with a voice of Desperation need you. Jesus, I need you. You're becoming my heir. Teach me how to breathe, Lord. And I'll breathe in deeply of your spirit from this day forward. In Jesus' name, amen. Come on, let's give God a great praise in here today. This concludes the teaching.